0: Your brother Terry. Thank you to our praise team, and thank all of you for taking part in our worship. And so we pray that the Lord was uh, honored by everything that took place during our worship time. And as we continue, I guess, in our worship time, we'll—if you brought your Bibles, please turn um, to. Let's look at Matthew chapter seven, and we're going to read a few verses. We shared last week, and then we'll look at Philippians chapter 2, and then Romans chapter 8. As I share with you this morning, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Daring in the course of his song just then, all God has longed to be is my Lord. And my God. That's what he longs for in your life. He longs to be your Lord and your God. This morning we want to think about the subject of confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. What does that mean? Confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. And I shared this last week, and um, we dealt with um, false profession. And so let's kind of bounce off of that this week and look at Matthew 7, verse 13. Jesus said, enter in, uh, verse 21, I'm sorry, not everyone who says to me, Lawlessness. Now, if you will, with that in mind, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we want to read verses, um, Philippians chapter 2. We'll read verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being... In the form of God. In the form of God is like God. King James says like God. New King James says in the form of God. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. Taken the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Help us to see the importance of confessing you as Lord of our lives. Thank you. I pray the Holy Spirit will be with us, be our teacher, be our guide. Help me to have the right words to say, the right spirit to say them in, to have the passion that I need to have as I share the inspired, the inerrant Word of God. And so I pray that today you would speak to our hearts and our mind, and at the appropriate time, people will make decisions for you life-changing decisions and we make this prayer in jesus name amen this morning i want to ask you a very personal question is jesus your lord is jesus your lord have you confessed jesus christ as lord of your life is jesus your lord now that word lord is very important in christianity the greek word It's cuirass. Very important in Christianity. The reason is simply this. No one can be saved unless they submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some that disagree with this, and they'll call that lordship salvation. But the word lord means one who has all power and authority and control. And so when you accept Jesus as your Lord, you're accepting Him to have all power and authority and control of your life. And I've realized that people who object to lordship salvation object to that theology simply because they don't want Jesus to have all power and authority and control in their life. So his, his title, Can You Say This Morning, Honestly... Can you honestly say this morning that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life? He has all power and authority and control. Now, don't answer me yet. His title is not just Jesus. His official title is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And so Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23 we read last week talked about false professions. That scripture in verse 21 says not everyone that says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. And that just simply implies that just saying the name of Lord means nothing, nothing. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. And so to some, that name just really means nothing. Therefore, I'd like to say that it would be to our advantage this morning to understand what it means to say, Lord, Lord. Or more specifically, what it means to say, Jesus is my Lord. Now, there's two thoughts that we have to take to heart this morning. One's found in Philippians chapter 2, and if you're taking notes, the first point on the outline is the exaltation of Jesus as Lord by God. The exaltation of Jesus as Lord by God, Philippians chapter 2. The exaltation of Jesus as Lord by God. Now turn to Philippians 2, kindly follow along as I speak through this. First of all, if you remember, Jesus, the Bible teaches Jesus was equal with God from the beginning. You'll find this in John chapter 1, verse 1, listen while I read. In the beginning was the Word, referring to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. The Word, Jesus, is equal with God, and He was God. He existed with God. He's equal with God. And the Scripture says, the Word was God. Now... Understand that Jesus is equal with God. He's equal with God in power, in authority, and in divineness. He's equal with God in power, demonstrated by creation. Verse 3, there, 1 John, John, the book of the Gospel of John, verse 3 said, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And so he demonstrates his, his power... In creation, equal with God. In power, demonstrated in creation. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything or nothing made that was made. So he's equal with God in power, equaling God in divineness. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And he's equal with God in authority. Matthew 28, verse 18, jot that verse down. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go ye therefore into all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you to the end of the earth. So he's equal with God in authority and power and divineness. However... Jesus, through the divine plan of the Father, in Philippians chapter five through eleven, was exalted by God. He was lifted up by God. It was not robbery. The Scripture says in verse six in Philippians two, verse six: "Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it to be robbery to be equal with God." So he was divine by he was divine by right. R-I-G-H-T. It was his right to share the divineness of God. He was divine by right, verse 6. He was man by an act. He was man. He became man by an act. John 1, verse 14. Simply says that Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh. And dwelt among men. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Therefore, He's perfect God and He's perfect man. Philippians two verse seven. The B part of that says that He was made in the in the likeness of man. He was made. He was He was taken the form of man. He had facial figures. He had hands. He had fingers. He had legs. He had an upper body. He had Feet, he had toes, he came as as man, divine, divine by right, man by an act. Verse 8 says, He humbled himself. And and he humbled himself not that he was born in a manger, and not that his father was a carpenter, but his humiliation was that he would die on the cross. Deuteronomy 2, Galatians 3.13 says, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And so the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And so the sinless Son of God died for your sins and my sins. When our sins were placed upon Jesus, if the wages of sin is death, what had to happen to Jesus? He had to die. So all the world's sins were placed upon Jesus, and Jesus died on that cross. And because of that death on the cross, God exalted him. The word exalt means to raise up, it means to elevate. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. Kind of concerns me when I see a crucifix with Jesus on the crucifix. He's not on the cross, he's sitting at the right hand of God in all power. He's not on the cross, he's no longer in the manger. He's seated in the place of power. And God highly exalted him, and the Scripture says, and has given him a name above every name. Now, that name's not Jesus. That name was given to him at his birth. According to Matthew 1, verse 21, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the angel shared with Mary, this is what his name's going to be. It's going to be Jesus, but God has given him a new name. And what it is, Lord, Lord, kuras, one who has all power and authority and control. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 says, Let, it, let, it all, uh, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this, whom, made this a person whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So God has given him a name, Lord. And God has says, listen, you've crucified both Lord and Christ. Listen, friend, God has exalted Jesus, has appointed him as Lord of Lord and kings of kings. And the reason a person is lost today is because they fail to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. They don't want him to have control. They don't want him to have authority. They want to be their own boss, make their own decisions, go where they want to go, go where they want to go, say what they want to say. There they're on the boss. And let me say this. If you're your own boss today, you're either backslidden as a Christian or you're lost. And so you have this exaltation of Jesus by God. Point two. We'll close with this. You have this personal declaration of Jesus as Lord by man. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let's see what God's word says. As we think about the personal declaration. Personal declaration of Jesus as Lord by man. We've had the exaltation of Jesus by God. To Lord, now we're seeing, going to see the personal declaration. Chapter ten, verse nine. He says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from, from raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I made a statement at the beginning that no one can be saved unless they submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's see if that's biblical or not. Now, when I was growing up, perhaps some of you remember this. There was an old school of thought that believed that you can make Jesus your Savior and not make him your Lord. Or you can make Jesus your Savior and one day come back and make him your Lord. That's, that's not scriptural. Jesus will never be your Savior till he becomes your Lord. Listen, if Jesus is not your Lord... He's not your Savior. He has the power and the authority to reach down and pull you or pull me up out of a devil's hell. He has the power and the authority to forgive us of our sins and to set us free from our sin and set us free from all guilt and give us a home in heaven. He's our Savior because He's our Lord. He has all power and authority and control. And when we give Him our life, He reaches down and He forgives us of our sins and He he writes our name in the Lamb's book of life and we have a home in heaven. Why is that? He becomes our Savior. Why is that? Because He's our Lord. Look at Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, the Revised Standard Version says this, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. The American Standard Version said, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. But the Living Bible paraphrase, remember, it's not a translation, but it really says, it really brings to point the whole meaning of that word, Lord. It says, if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You see, listen, God has exalted Jesus and has declared him Lord. And no one can be saved until he confesses the Lordship of Jesus over his life. Meaning that Jesus has all power and authority and control over my life. I gave Jesus my life when I was 11 years old. Has he always had that power? No, I've backslidden from time to time. But he's gracious enough, has mercy on me to forgive me. But I try every day to give him that power and that authority and that control over my life. You remember the thief on the cross? Thief on the cross... Two thieves hanging on either side of Jesus and and one one thief began to curse him and, and, and profane him. The other thief looked at him and said what? First word, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You that have all power and authority and control, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now notice Romans 10 verse 10. For with the heart one believes under righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Confessing what? Confessing Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. He's my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Now, how do you confess that? A lot of people get confused about how to confess that. I mentioned two things in your notes. First of all, you publicly confess him to be Lord. In other words, you walk down the aisle and you'll say, Brother Sammy, I want to be saved. I'm giving Christ my life. You're doing that publicly, and that's very important. You're giving him control of your life. It's kind of like driving a car, and you've got a friend in there, and all of a sudden you say, hey, you take the wheel. And you go where you want to go, and I'll just sit over here. What do you do? You go where they want to go. They want to go to Frosty Inn. You go. If they don't want to go anywhere, maybe up the pig or something. You go where they want to go. That's what happens when you make when you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So he, you publicly confess Him to be Lord. You you to have power over your life. So here's the point. One comes to a point in their life where they give Jesus control of their life and they're willing to tell the world about it. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, kind jot that down. Matthew 10, 32 says, Therefore, whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess. Confess before my Father which is in heaven. But he goes on to say in the next verse, Whosoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So confessing Jesus as your Lord is very important. Very important. So first, how do I confess? You publicly confess. Secondly, you have to recognize the Lordship of Jesus by living your life under the Lordship of Jesus living under the Lordship of Christ. That's the way way you confess Jesus is your Lord. Here's the point. It's not about saying, Lord, Lord, but it's about doing the will of the Father which is in heaven. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. So the point is, if you, your own boss, doing what you want to do, going where you want to go, saying what you want to say, And then saying, Lord, Lord, that's that's a false profession. Jesus is not in control of your life. You are. And if you're in control of your life, you're either lost or you're backslidden. Talk is cheap. And I see it all the time. You live your life in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you give him control of your life. How do you confess Jesus as Lord? You publicly confess His Lordship over your life, Matthew 10, 32. Then you confess your Lordship by living your life under His Lordship. It's more than saying, Lord, Lord. What's the Lord's will for you to be in church on Sunday? What is it? You ever prayed about that? You ever prayed and said, God, I need to go to church today? And he says, ah, no, nah, this is bad weather. You know, it's too cold to get out. Uh, just stay at home. You think the Lord's going to tell you that? Lord, what's your will for me being a Bible fellowship class? Well, you know the Bible pretty good. You know John 3, 16, and you know... Um, Maybe Romans 10, verse 9. You know a little of it. No, you don't have to study the Bible. Be in a Bible fellowship class. What about tithing, Lord? There's a lot of people down there who got a lot of money. They got a big building down there. Do I need to tithe? No, that's over in the Old Testament. Don't you worry about that. They got enough to handle it without you throwing anything in, especially 10%, a dime out of a dollar. You think the Lord's going to tell you that? And you call him Lord, Lord. Jesus said, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Luke 6 46. So if you're your own boss floating through this world, you either lost or you backslidden. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says this. What? I'll read it off the screen. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. If you call yourself a believer, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You belong to Him for Him to do whatever He wants to do with you in your life. Whether it's to come to church, not come to church, tithe, or go to Bible study. That's all up to you, Lord. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. That's a person trying to be submissive to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So we have the exaltation of Jesus as as Lord by God, the declaration of Jesus as Lord by man, by public profession, by living under the Lordship of Christ. Remember, you can't be saved unless you submit to the Lordship. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And let me ask you this morning. Can you honestly say, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life? Would you say that with me? We've done this 20 years ago at the church. Would you say with me as a group, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. As a group, let's say it. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Let's do it again. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Now, that's pretty easy. Real easy. People do things with a group. I watch Gunsmoke. They'll have a hanging. They'll have a a whole group there. They won't hang this old guy, you know. But none of them would do it by themselves. But they'll do it with the group, the mob. That's what we call it today, I guess, mob violence, gun smoke, mob violence. You do it with a group. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to do it by yourself? If no one in this room stood, let's see, let's just try it. Kind of like popcorn. Remember, remember Matthew 10 32? Just, just I confess Jesus Christ, Lord of my life. Just pop up, set down, pop up, sat down. I confess Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Anybody. there's something doing that different alone than with a group. But let me share this. Revival will never come until we're willing as believers to to dethrone ourselves and put Christ back on the throne of our lives as Lord. We're full in ourselves. So the question is who sits on your throne this morning? Some of you may want to come this morning and say, Listen, I want to submit to the Lordship of Christ. I want to trust Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. I want to be saved today, Brother Sammy. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you be willing to do that? Or some may want to say, during the invitation time, I'm coming just to dethrone myself, and I'm putting Jesus back in his rightful place. He's sitting on the throne of my heart as a believer today. Or some may say, you know, I'm coming to unite with this church and serve the Lord. I feel like this is where he wants me. I'm coming to, I'm a a believer. I know Jesus Christ. I've confessed him as Lord, and I'm coming in rededication, and And I want to serve here. You may may need to do that. I don't know. But as God speaks to your heart, I pray that you'll come. Listen to this, Terry, I'll come. Jesus is referred to as Lord 618 times in the Bible. Jesus is referred to as Lord 618 times in the Bible. He's referred to as Christ. 543 times in the Bible. He's referred to as the Son of Man 84 times in the Bible. He's referred to as Teacher 42 times in the Bible. He's referred to as the Son of God 37 times in the Bible. And he's referred to as Savior Fifteen times in the Bible. Lord, 618 times. Savior, 15 times. What do you think the focus is? He's exalted above all, with all power and authority and control over everything. And he wants to be the Lord and God of your life. That's what you sung. Is he? Eighteen books in the New Testament has no mention as Jesus as Savior. Two out of the four Gospels never mention Jesus as Savior. No scripture speaks of receiving Jesus as Savior. We are to receive him as Lord. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Let's pray.